Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. Today we have a detailed lesson, a timely lesson, brothers and sisters, on the dietary law. Now, why are we going to the dietary law? Because our people, predominantly the children of Israel, those who you would call minorities, predominantly we are pretty good when it comes to moral law. We're not stealing. We're not killing. You know, we're not, you know, molesting or dealing in, you know, inordinate sexual altercations. But the one thing that we fall to on a constant, on a daily basis is that of diet, brothers and sisters. Sometimes three and four times a day we'll break these laws. So we wanted to go into that. And we know that Christians say what? Well, we're not under the law. We're under grace. Well, if that's the case, who determines right and wrong? You? So in these churches, there's no spiritual accountability, brothers and sisters. And today's lesson will help free you from sin. How? By giving you the knowledge of it. We're not looking to judge you, brothers and sisters. However, it's our position to tell you what God said. So after today, you'll be able to make a conscious decision in regards to clean and unclean foods. We're going to Deuteronomy chapter 7, brother. We're going to start in the... We're going to start in the first five books of Moses, in the law, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So the Most High God chose us to be a special people, a holy people. What does holy mean? Holy means set apart, brothers and sisters. So with being a holy, clean people... You have to eat holy and clean, brothers and sisters. Don't think that Christ came to cover you in his blood while you just run dirt all the way through life. Saying, you know, well, I'm, I'm doing this because Christ came and died on the cross for my sins. Therefore, I'm not under the law. So people are trying to use that and just do mischievousness all throughout life thinking that Christ's blood covers them. So, brothers and sisters, we are holy people. Now, this isn't just the Israelites because we know Gentiles fall to these these same laws. So Gentiles sh should take, you know, take a gander at this and see, you know, screen yourself through the Bible, Jews and Gentiles. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Right. So you must follow what the Most High told you to eat. He gave you options, brothers and sisters. Don't choose what's unclean. Now, a lot of people don't even know in the Bible that there is a, you know, there is passages that tell you what's clean and unclean. So we want to go to it today because why? We want to give you the truth, brothers and sisters. Let's go to John 8 and 32, brother. New Testament, brothers and sisters. John 8 verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth, brothers and sisters, will make you free. Truth is freedom. Freedom is truth, brothers and sisters. So we want to give you the truth today in regards to the dietary law. Because why? In the Christian church, they do whatever they want to do. I, I, I ask Christians all the time, how have you changed since becoming a Christian? Because why? You're eating the same foods. You're celebrating the same holidays and you're still going to church on Sunday. So how really did you change from being in the world to being a Christian? Nothing has changed about you. 
So read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Right. Let's go to Psalms 40 and 7 to show you about that truth or that freedom. Psalms 40, verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book it is written of me. Read that again, brother. Verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come, and the volume of the book it is written of me. Right, the volume of the book, brothers and sisters. Truth is freedom, and freedom is in the volume of the book, brothers and sisters. The volume of the book. You can't say, oh, well, that's, that's the Old Testament and, you know. That's done away with. There's nothing in the New Testament that can undo the, the law. Leviticus, brothers and sisters. The New Testament confirms the Old Testament. It's not going to show you something different. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Right, the volume of the book. So you must use all of the Bible. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Also, we use the Apocrypha. But just in this, you know... For this particular topic, you only need the Bible. I don't. We don't need to go into the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. Anything that we need to teach, we can teach without the Apocrypha. We just go there to show you that it's spiritually inspired. So, brothers and sisters, I know Christians will say, "Well, that's Old Testament, and we don't have to follow those laws." We're gonna we're gonna go to it. We're gonna show you, brothers and sisters. We're gonna go to Leviticus. These are the books of Moses, brothers and sisters. Now, understand. Leviticus is broken up into different uh, aspects. You have you have what you have. Chapter one through seven is the sacrificial laws. So what you supposed to sacrifice to the Most High in regards to sin offering, a trespassing offering, all of that's in the first through seven chapters. The sacrificial laws. Then you have eleven through what twenty two, which are what the purity and the moral laws. So it gives you the clean and unclean foods. It te- you, teach you how to keep your home clean. It teach you how long a woman is supposed to be separated after she had a baby or after she have dealt with her menstrual cycle. So all of that is through 11 through 22. And then 23 through 25 is what? It's your feast laws, brothers and sisters. So for somebody to look at Leviticus and think all Leviticus is, is talking about sacrifices, that would be doing themselves a disservice. Because why? The, the book of Leviticus is beautifully cultivated and it's broken down into different sections that we would need. We would need these sections, brothers and sisters. We're going to Leviticus 11, brothers and sisters. Leviticus 11 and 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Right. Now we, we go here because if the Most High say, that there's certain beasts you can eat, that means there's certain that you cannot eat. And somebody, nobody, anybody could come to you and say, well, you know what, brother? Or you know what, sister? You should really just eat fish. I'm a pescatarian, so you really should just do that. Or you really should just be a vegetarian or deal with fruit. Somebody can't come to you and say, that's right, but this is better. Because the Most High say, he's the regulator. So nobody can regulate your personal diet but the Most High God, not even us, brothers and sisters. Read number two again, brother. Verse two. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Now, brothers and sisters, when you go into a supermarket, right, 
there's choices. You can choose to buy something that's clean or you can choose to buy something that's unclean. And it takes the same amount of time. So this is a choice that you're making, brothers and sisters. And a lot of people don't like us to to uh, to speak about, about that because why? If you're making a choice, that means you're sinning on purpose because you made a choice to to you know to go against what the most high said. So brothers and sisters, realize that you have a choice when you walk into these supermarkets to either get what's clean or to get what's unclean. And once you have once you have knowledge of what you're doing, you're held accountable. There is no grace for what you have knowledge of. The knowledge is to cover you in the things you have no you know, the grace is to cover you when you don't have the knowledge. So you can't use grace for something that you know is wrong, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Whatsoever parteth the hoof and is cloven-footed and cheweth, and cheweth cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. Must chew the cud, brothers and sisters. That's like if you see how a cow eats, how it regurgitates the food. It's almost eating grass. It had two stomachs to make sure that it's clean. They must chew off the cud. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Whatsoever parteth the hoof and is cloven-footed and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. Right. Cloven-footed, brothers and sisters. That means there's a split in the hoof. Like a sheep. Like a lamb. Like a goat. Like a cow. Now what? Continue. Verse, verse 4. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat. Of them that chew the cud... Or of them that divide the hoof as the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divided not the hoof. He is unclean unto you. Right. So just it, it have to fit both of these. Uh, these it have to fit both of these categories, brothers and sisters. If it cheweth the cud, it also must have the divided hoof. It can't be one or the other, brothers and sisters. The camel is unclean to you. Now the Most High God is showing clean people what to eat in the earth. Understand, Christ never ate anything unclean, brothers and sisters. So we make ourselves sick by breaking the Most High's law. The Most High made us. Shouldn't he tell us what to eat and what not to eat? Doesn't he have higher knowledge of animals than we do? So this isn't about judging, brothers and sisters. This is about truth and liberating you from something that would stop you from progressing and meeting the bridegroom. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And the coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. The coney is what? It's the raccoon. You cannot eat it. He is unclean unto you. Verse 6. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. Cannot eat it, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. And the swine, though he divideth the hoof, he is cloven-footed. Yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Right. So he's the swine, the pig. It, his hoof is cloven-footed, but he don't chew the cud. Therefore, he's unclean, brothers and sisters. And now a Christian will see this right here and say, well, that's the Old Testament. And Christ came to do away with that. So I don't have to follow the law. That's not true. And you're going to find out by the end of the lesson, brothers and sisters, you will have to make a conscious decision of what's right and what's not. We're not blaming anybody because we understand that the Christian pastors have been set up for you to perpetuate sin. They're telling you it's okay. So... Uh, clearly you're listening You're listening to them They said you can do it We're going to give you The truth of the matter Brothers and sisters And allow you to make A decision Read that one more time Brother Verse 7 And the swine Though he divided the hoof And be cloven footed Yet he cheweth not the cud He is unclean to you Of their flesh Shall ye not eat And their car 
carcass shall ye not touch. These animals ye are not to eat, brothers and sisters. They are unclean to you. Verse 9. These shall ye eat. Of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas, and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. These shall ye eat. Of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas, and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. So anything that comes out of the water, brothers and sisters, without fins or scales is unclean. What's that? Crab, shrimp, lobster, clam, oysters, catfish. These things are unclean to you. You're a holy people. Mm-hmm. You're too valuable to eat things that would work in the reverse and kill you. It's poison. Read that again, brother. Verse 9. These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters. Whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. Right. So let's be clear. Shellfish is unclean. Squid is unclean, brothers and sisters. In regards to land animals, armadillos, badgers, bears, beavers, boars, cheetahs, coyotes, dogs, donkeys, llamas. These are all unclean to you, brothers and sisters. Kangaroo, muskrat, mule, mouse. You cannot eat them. You cannot eat it, brothers and sisters. Now what? A heathen, a Gentile, they're going to eat whatever they want to eat because this, these laws weren't specifically given to them. And that's why the Most High call them a heathen. Because they follow no law. They do whatever rocks their boat. So, brothers and sisters, if you want to follow the Bible as it is written, then you must take into account Leviticus 11. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And all that have not fins nor scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters, and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. Now, this is further proof, brothers and sisters, for those who may think, Um, that Leviticus 11 is just talking about things you can sacrifice to the Most High. This proves, because why? Israelites don't sacrifice fish to the Most High. They don't sacrifice gazelles to the Most High. They don't sacrifice locusts to the Most High. But you'll find out all of those things are lawful for you to eat. But you cannot sacrifice these animals to the Most High. The Most High have laws in regards to what you can sacrifice to them. Israelites didn't sacrifice these things to the Most High God. The Most High God said you can sacrifice, <clears throat> excuse me, goat, lamb, pigeon, or turtle doves. That's what you can sacrifice to them, or bull, of course, oxen in the same family. But all these other things, you cannot sacrifice these to the Most High. Continue, brother. Verse 11. They shall be even an abomination unto you. Read that again. They shall be even an abomination unto you. You shall not eat of their flesh, but you shall have their carcass. In abomination. Right. Continue, brother. Verse 12. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. It shall be an abomination to you. Dolphin. You can't have it. You can't eat it. Mm-hmm. And you go to some of these other countries, like these Asian countries, some places in, uh, you know, in Asia and Europe, and they use these as delicacy. They eat shark fin. They eat, you know, a bunch of unclean foods, brothers and sisters. The Most High said, if you want to get closer to me, you must abide by these laws, brothers and sisters. You cannot eat a porcupine. You can't eat a rabbit. You can't eat a raccoon. You can't eat shellfish. There's many things you can eat, though. So the thing that we can control, brothers and sisters, I understand that, you know, once you've come into the truth or started to follow our church, you probably realize that a lot of the things we were doing as Christians aren't scripturally sound. 
So we know that, you know, there's many changes to be made in all of us. Just take it one at a time, brothers and sisters. You can control what you eat. That's the one thing you can control. Try to control that, brothers and sisters, especially for you men out there. You men who can't control what you're eating. How can you lead anything and you can't control what you're eating? So, brothers and sisters, pay close attention. Take your pencil and your your pen and pad and write down these precepts, brothers and sisters, because you may need to go back into it. And why? The Internet at some time may not work. So you need to be you have to deal with whatever you have at that time. You may not be able to find us online. So you need to have it for yourself, brothers and sisters. What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished 12. All right. Scripture 13. And these are they which ye shall have an abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle and the ossifrage and the osprey. Right. That's the ostrich, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 14. And the vulture and the kite after his kind. Right. So, brothers and sisters, what you probably would start to realize is that the animals the Most High wanted us, wants us to eat, they're not carnivores. They eat herbs. They eat herbs. They're herbivores. For the most part, the Most High don't want us eating things that eat meat. Continue, brother. Verse 15. Every raven after his kind, and the owl, and the nighthawk, and the cacao. These are all unclean, brothers and sisters. And the hawk after his kind, and the little owl, and the cormorant, and the great owl. And the swan, and the pelican, and the gyre eagle, and the stork, and the heron after his kind, and the lot, and the lapwing, and the bat, all fowls that creep going upon all four shall shall be an abomination unto you. Read that part again, brother. Verse twenty: All fowls that creep going upon all four shall be an abomination unto you. These things you cannot eat, brothers and sisters. These fowls, which you can eat, is what chicken, dove. Uh, guinea fowl, pea fowl, pheasant, pigeon, prairie chicken, quail, sparrow, turkey. These are what you can eat, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 21. Yet these may ye eat of every flying creeping thing that goeth upon all four, which have legs above their feet to leap with all upon the earth. Now, the reason we needed to show you that it, it for in, in regards to the fowls, it tells you exactly you know, what you must withstand from. Because I had a brother years ago. He said, um, well, brother, I don't think we're supposed to be eating chicken. And I said, okay, brother, well, show me what you have. But realize if what you show me doesn't undo what I've already read, I have to stay with what I have, brother, because it doesn't undo. it. So we need to go here, brothers and sisters, because you will you will run into people who may try to put uh, laws on you that the Most High did not put on you, brothers and sisters. So you need to understand your liberty, and you also need to understand your restrictions. What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished 21. All right. Verse 22. Even these of them ye may eat, the locusts. See, the locusts. This is further proof that th- this chapter is not talking about things you can sacrifice to the Most High. Because if it was, that would mean you can sacrifice the locusts to the Most High. And we know that that is... We know that's disingenuous. It's not genuine. Continue, brother. Verse 22. And even these of them ye may eat, the locust after his kind, 
and the ball locust after his kind. Right. So those in the grasshopper family, the locusts can be eaten, brothers and sisters. And it's important that you know that because while you're in this crazy world and the market of beasts be here, you know, be on the rise, there may come a time where food is scarce and you need to know what you can eat, brothers and sisters. Now read 22 one more time, brother. Verse 22. Even these of them ye may eat, the locust after his kind, and the ball locust after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. Now John, his, his, his diet was pretty much just locust and honey. He would roast the locust, crack the back of it off, and eat it. It was like a, it was like a nut, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 23. But all other flying creeping things which have four feet shall be an abomination unto you. And for these ye shall, ye shall be unclean. Whosoever ch- toucheth the carcass of them shall be unclean so until you, the even. So you can't even touch its dead carcass, brothers and sisters. It's unclean. Why? Because you're a holy people, brothers and sisters. These are the laws of a holy people. Continue. Verse 25. And whosoever beareth up. The carcass of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even. The carcasses of every beast which divided the hoof and is not cloven footed nor cheweth the cud are unclean unto you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. The carcasses of every beast which divided the hoof and is not cloven footed nor cheweth the cud are unclean unto you. Right. So, listen. uh, Panthers, Leopards, lions, all of this is unclean to you, brothers and sisters, even when it's dead. You can eat antelope, buffalo, caribou, cattle, beef, deer, elk, gazelle, goat, heart, ibex, moose, ox, reindeer, sheep. There's a plethora of things that you can eat, brothers and sisters, but you must stay away from the things that the Most High say are unclean. Continue, brother. Everyone that toucheth them shall be unclean. Verse 27. And whatsoever goeth upon this pause among all manner of beasts that go on all four, those are unclean unto you. Whoso toucheth their carcass shall be unclean until the even. And he that beareth the carcasses of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the even. They are unclean unto you. Why does it keep saying to the evening? Because in the evening it's a new day, brothers and sisters. The sun goes down. So if you touch any of these animals, you are not permitted to come into the presence or the holy uh, uh, or the temple you had to be away why because you have unclean blood on you mm-hmm. continue brother verse 29 these also shall be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth the weasel and the mouse and the tortoise after his kind and the ferret and the chameleon and the lizard and the snail and the mole right reptiles are unlawful brothers and sisters you cannot eat reptiles Verse 31, these are unclean to you among all that creep. Whosoever do touches them when they be dead shall be unclean until the even. All right, let's jump to 41, brother. Verse 41, whatsoever goeth upon the belly and whatsoever goeth upon all four. The one before that for me, brother, please. Thank you. Verse 41, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatsoever goeth upon the belly, and whatsoever goeth upon all four, or whatsoever hath more feet among all creeping things that creep upon the earth, them shall ye not eat, for they are an abomination. Crystal clear. You cannot eat these things, brothers and sisters. Brother, jump to 46 and 47 for me. Verse 46. 
This is the law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters. Read that again, brother. Verse 46. This is the law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters. This is the law, brothers and sisters, on what's clean and unclean. Because why? Christians have started to perpetuate sin. They'll invite you over for a Christmas dinner and then feed you unclean food. And the Mosai is not happy about that. If you want to eat unclean food, that's on you. But don't facilitate having other people break the law. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 46. This is the law of the beast and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth to make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Right. So this was a list to show you what's clean and unclean to a people who are to be holy, to be set apart, brothers and sisters. You have a plethora of ideas, a myriad of things that you can have that would be lawful. You can have fruits and vegetables, and that's not unlawful, brothers and sisters. Okay? You can have some bread. That's not unlawful. This is just in regards to the animals. So you have a plethora of ideas of things that you can have. So there's no reason for, you know, once you have the, the understanding of what's clean and unclean, to, to, you know, to fall back or to transgress. Transgress. This, these are the laws that our people struggle with the most. Why? Because we grew up in slavery. You know, we came up, a lot of us in the South, and most of the slaves are from down South, the families. And you were going to eat whatever they gave you to eat. <laughs> so you, you didn't have, you know, you, you couldn't make a difference in regards to what you were going to eat. But now, our people have, you know, stuck to that stigma of, you know, eating those things because we believe... It, it's what black people do, or it's what people from the South do, and it's not. We're a holy people, brothers and sisters. We're a holy people, and we're going to go into the New Testament scriptures that Christians will try to use to tell you that this law is done away with. Why? Because we want to prep you. That's the, that's the obligation of our church is to prep you for what somebody may use against you. Therefore, once you go there, you've already seen it. It's not the first time, and you know how you know to handle it, brothers and sisters. But first, we got to go to Malachi 3 and 6. What does Malachi have to say, brothers and sisters? This is for you Christians out there. This is for you Christians who are going to claim, well, that's just in Leviticus. That's just Moses. That's just the Old Testament. Malachi 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. The Most High said, I, I am the Lord, I change not. The Most High do not change, brothers and sisters. He's not going to tell you that something is a sin in the Old Testament and then five minutes turn around and say, well, it's clean. The Most High is not the author of confusion. You read it like it's written, brothers and sisters. If it says it's unclean, it's unclean. Read the words that are there. Put the doctrine down of the Christian church and just read what's there. And it's, it's, you need to have this foundation, brothers and sisters, because once you have this foundation... Somebody that's trying to bring you some new information would actually have to undo what you already know. So that's why we want to give you this foundation. No matter if somebody's bringing it to you to say you should only eat fish or you should only eat fruits or whatever doctrine is out there. If you have a foundation, then you won't just, you know, roll over. You'll actually have they will actually have to undo the scriptures that, you know, they would actually have to show you that. And if they can't, then, you know, you're good. Now, if somebody bring me something that's going to undo and say, you know, I can't eat chicken, then, hey, I, I would have to go with that. But there is no scriptures out there that can undo what we just read, brothers and sisters, not in the Bible. 
Now, if you're going to go somewhere else, hey, that's on you. I won't follow you there, though. We're just dealing strictly with the doctrine of the Bible. If Christ didn't teach it, we don't teach it. If Paul, Peter didn't teach it, we don't teach it. Why? Because the, 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 the kingdom was built on Christ. Peter had the keys. So I just we just teach what the Most High tell us to teach. And we don't try to do anything else. So this is what Christ was teaching, brothers and sisters. You don't need to eat clean and unclean foods. Read that one more time, brother. <clears throat> Verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Right, so now we're going to go into the New Testament to resolve some of the scriptures Christians use to excuse sin. But first we need to show you that nothing, now that you know the Most High says he doesn't change, there's no, no scripture that somebody can bring out that would have you believe he changed. Why? Because your foundation is, I am the Lord and I change not. See, that's why you have to have the foundation. Because even if you read something that you know, blindly may seem like, you know, that it's uh, promoting or endorsing another doctrine, you know right away, I must not understand it because I know it's not, it's not contradicting the Bible. That's where you come from. Even if you don't understand the scripture, you know that the Bible have a doctrine and that whatever scripture somebody bring, it's not going to corrupt the doctrine because the doctrine will stand. The doctrine will stand, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 5 and 17 because Christians try to use Christ to say, they can eat whatever they want. Let's see what Christ has to say, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 5 and 17. Matthew 5, verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. Read that again. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. Christ did not come to destroy, to destroy the law. What's the law? The first five books of Moses. What's the prophets? The rest of the Old Testament. So Christ is saying, I didn't come to do away with that. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you. Listen to this, Christians, because the Christians say, see, he fulfilled the law. Mm. That doesn't mean it's over with, brothers and sisters. If you work for a job and I give you a list of things to do and I say fulfill it, that means you come to do what's on the page, not to change something up. Continue, brother. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you. Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Till all be fulfilled. And we know there's things that was prophesied of Christ that haven't been fulfilled. Because why? The second coming haven't come yet. So there's still things that need to be fulfilled. So a Christian will go here and say, well, look, he fulfilled the law. No, he said as long as there's luminaries in the sky, that the law will stand. Continue, brother. Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments. I thought the law was done away with. And shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them. The same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So that's what our church does, brothers and sisters. Our church promotes you following the law. We will never give you an excuse to break the law. And if you want to find an excuse, you find it on your own. But as a church, we don't promote a way for you to break the law. Because why? We are we're followers of Christ, true followers of Christ. So if you teach somebody to break these laws, understand that there's a judgment for that. Now it says, whosoever therefore shall take shall break one of these least commandments. What commandments? I thought you said the law was done away with. So even in the New Testament, brothers and sisters, there was laws, statutes, and commandments that were to be followed. We're going to prove it to you. Brother Corey, can you read Matthew 5 and 17 again? Verse 17. 
Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Right, and the Christian pastor tell you, you don't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that. That's all they tell you. So hold on. If I'm not, un why am I here? <laughs> why am I here if I, if I can just do whatever I want? That's lawless and that's foolish, brothers and sisters. And these pastors, gonna, there's going to be retribution for that, brothers and sisters, because you, you're perpetuating our people in the sin and they trust you. They trust what you say and you lead them to break the Most High's law. There's a judgment for that. Let's go to Matthew 15 and, one, uh, and 11. Because this is a scripture that Christians go to to say, oh, the law is done away with. I can eat whatever I want. We're going to go to the scriptures first to give you the edification on it. So these don't stumble you, brothers and sisters. Matthew 15, verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth that defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth that defileth a man. See, so a pastor, a Christian will go right here and say, see, now bring me my pork chops. See, they'll go right here and say, it's not, brother, it's not what goeth into a man. It's what cometh out of a man. You're not rightfully dividing the word because when that happens, you tell them, okay, let's go to, let's read the first two verses to get some context of what this is speaking of. Because anybody can pick a scripture out and then try to manipulate it to mean whatever their lifestyle permits. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Right. So this is a scripture they'll say that allows them to eat pork. But you have to have them go to, go to verse 1 and verse 2 so you can get the context of why Christ was saying this. Matthew 15 and 1. Then came Christ's scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying. Right. So the, fri the, the scribes and Pharisees, you know how they are. They were trying to be overly righteous and uphold the law to the umpteenth degree. They would have you believe that even though you're doing the right thing, there's levels of doing the right thing. And that's that's pure speculation and philosophy. It's the right thing or it's the wrong thing, period. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. Then came to Christ scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, <clears throat> Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So they were saying, listen, why, you know, why are your disciples, you know, why the transgression, the tradition of our elders, of our priests? Because they didn't wash their hands when they were eating bread. And this is what the Bible calls a Jewish fable. That a Jewish fable is what? It's, it's, it's a custom that Israel would be following that had nothing to do with the Most High God. Because there was customs that Israel had that were wrong. And those are fables. So just because something is a custom or a tradition of the Israelites don't make it right, brothers and sisters. So I want to put that out there. But read that one more time, brother, so we can get the context. Verse 2. Why do thy disciples transgress the tra tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And Christ said, we jump to verse 11. It's not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. See? So that had nothing to do with eating meat, brothers and sisters. There was no pork on the table. There was bread. See? But a, a, a Christian will go right to the scripture. And usually, instead of just, you know, being observant, examine it, and, and say, you know what, I was wrong. That scripture don't, 
you know, that scripture don't say that. They'll take you to another scripture that, <laughs> that you know, that they, that they think sponsors their lifestyle. And, you know, I just have to take a step back and say, look at how you're using scripture. You're trying to use scripture to say you can do something. Who uses scripture like that, brothers and sisters? Only our people would say, you know what, let me look in the Bible and see what I can get away with. That's wrong, brothers and sisters. This scripture is talking about washing hands, not eating pork. That's one strike. Let's go to Colossians 2 and 16. New Testament, brothers and sisters. These are the scriptures they go to, brothers and sisters. Colossians 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of in holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath day. See, so this is a scripture they'll go to to say, listen, you can't judge what meat I'm, you know, I'm eating. I pay for that meat. That's not what this is saying, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you what the judgment was. Let's show you the judgment. Romans 6 and 3 to show you what the judgment was because judgment isn't telling somebody brother you're wrong or sister you're wrong that's not what the judgment is brothers and sisters Romans 6 23 Romans 6 verse 23 for the wages of sin is death read that again for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord right so if we were judging you you would die because that's the judgment for a lot of these laws, brothers and sisters. So he's saying we can't judge you on that. Why? Let's go back to that scripture. Let's go back to Colossians 2 and 16 and, re and read it again. Colossians 2 and 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of a new moon or of the Sabbath days. Right, because you're under grace. You would have grace for what you don't understand. You can't be, he was telling them, listen, you can't be judging people coming into the truth, trying to, you know, trying to follow the ways. You can't bombard them with a bunch of laws, right, right away, because it's not, that's not profitable for the, you know, for, for the doctrine. They're not going to want to follow it if you just come in and start trying to judge them. So he's saying you can't kill people for not eating the correct meats on holy days, right? Some people are eating lamb. Some people aren't eating lamb. See, so somebody can't come to you and say, well, you're not eating lamb on the Passover. You can't do that, brother. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Right. So this isn't saying you can eat whatever you want, brothers and sisters. This have nothing to do with that. That have nothing to do with you eating pork, but yet they'll pull it. Remember, the wages of sin is death. So we can't judge you, right? We can't kill you. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 John 3 and 4, because it said the wages of sin is death. What's sin? Because if, if there's no law, right, then there's no sin. Let's see. 1 John 3 and 4. 1 John 3 verse 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Right. Sin is transgression of the law, brothers and sisters. So if you're saying the law is done away with, then you're saying there's no such thing as sin. See? See how that leads? And guess what? The homosexuals are very observant. Because they're sitting up in your church, and they're seeing all the lying, the stealing, the thievery, the fornication up in there. you eating unclean foods, and they're like, 
it's no way anybody up in here can judge me. I'm a homosexual, but at least I'm trying to do everything else right. See? So if you open the door to say you don't, you don't have to follow the law, then, then you should understand that every, all people will use that in whatever way they want to use it for. You're using it to say you can eat whatever meat you want to. Somebody else will use it and say, well, I can be a fornicator then. I'm not under the law. So you got to be careful when you start promoting this particular uh, fallacy that we're not under grace, uh, that we're under grace, therefore we're not under the law. You're under grace from the penalty of the sin to some degree. That don't mean you can just sin on purpose. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Right. So if there's no law, there's no sin, brothers and sisters. So now are you telling me, pastor, that there's no such thing as sin? Is that what you're telling me? See? Be careful, brothers and sisters, because why? If you bring something that's not the doctrine of the Bible, it's going to expose you. No matter what doctrine it is. If the doctrine didn't come to be promoted through the Bible, then it's going to leave you open somewhere. And if you use scripture to endorse your particular lifestyle, then realize we can also, a brother or sister can also use those same scriptures to correct you. Because you could have just did it without using the Bible. But since you wanted to use the Bible to say it was okay, now the correction will come out of the Bible. You could have just said, you know what, I want to do what I want to do. But no, you want to use the Bible to promote your doctrines. And the Bible will always expose you because the Bible is strict on what should be taught, how it should be taught, who it should be taught to. And there's no room for anything else. Read that one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse four, whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. Now, this is the New Testament, brothers and sisters. I thought the law was done away with what law is it talking about here? Then if, if, if there's no law and you can do whatever you want. Let's go to John 14 and 15, because these are all New Testament brothers and sisters that's saying that there's a law. This is the New Testament. John 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Read that again, brother. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. I thought the law was done away with Christians. See, if you love the Most High, you must keep his commandments. That's the only way to show you love him, brothers and sisters. So don't allow any pastor, preacher, bishop, Israelite, anybody to tell you that you don't have to follow the law. We must follow these laws, all of them, to its fullest extent, the ones that we can. And the things you don't know about, you have grace to cover. That's what the grace is. The grace isn't for you to say, you know what, I know it says don't eat crab, but I'm going to do it anyway and use my grace. You can't just use Christ's blood and track dirt all through life. And, and say you're doing it because Christ died. That's a lie. That's not genuine. That's disingenuous. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Right. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. This is in the New Testament. So by examining these scriptures, that would show you that there's, there, there's still commandments. That's still commandments. And if this is not how you show the most how you love them, how do you show them you love them? By just t telling them, oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. No. If you love him, keep his commandments, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Acts 10, because this is, they'll go to Peter's vision. We're going to deal with all of them, brothers and sisters, because I know I was a Christian. I grew up in Christian church. So we're not, you know, 
trying to degrade the Christians. We know what kind of trash you're in. It's like when I was when you're a Christian, it's like nothing matters. It's like everything's just happy go lucky. It's all about love. I know the trance that you're in. Christians, we're going to try to help pull you out of that. We're going to read Acts 10. We're going to read 1 through 5 because there was a Peter, uh, excuse me, there was a vision with Peter. Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, Cornelius was a centurion. He was a, he was a Gentile. He was an Edomite, brothers and sisters. This was a Caucasian right here, brothers and sisters. Okay, continue. Verse 3. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send me to Iopa and call for one Simon, which surname is Peter. Right. So he came to a Gentile whose name is Cornelius into a vision and told him, I need you to go see Peter. Now, why is he sending them to Peter? Because Peter had the keys to the kingdom. If you don't come through Peter, you're not getting in. Verse six. Let's actually jump to verse nine, brother. Verse 9, on the morrow, as they went in on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the house to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great, great sheep knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Right. Now, Peter's having a vision, brothers and sisters. This didn't actually happen. This is him having a vision. Verse 12, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And, they came a, and there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. For I have what? Never eaten anything common or unclean. So Peter was under the understanding uh, in this vision. Well, he didn't have understanding, but what he thought he was, he was, was, was what the Most High was trying to uh, convey to him was eat some unclean food. This was Peter. He didn't understand the vision. Read 14 one more time, brother. Verse 14. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Verse 15. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that shall that call not thou come. So a Christian will go right here and see, see, with, with the mo- with God cleansed, see, and they'll do it with that voice too. <laughs> with God have cleansed, you can't call common or unclean. See, this is where they'll go, and then they'll close the book. No, you got to read the entire story, brothers and sisters, to get the the understanding. Anybody can pick out one scripture. And twist it to mean whatever they want by just it having one word. And if they have one word that they can use, they'll use description and butcher the rest of it. Continue, brother. Verse 16. This was done thrice and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Right. So this happened three times. The Most High told him three times. Verse 17. Now, while Peter doubted himself in what that vision which he had seen. Read that here. Now, while Peter doubted himself in him. 
what this vision, which he had seen, should mean. Right. So Peter didn't even understand the vision, brothers and sisters. So how can a Christian come out and say, you know, this means to go eat? Unless Peter went, as soon as he woke up from this vision and would have made him a ham sandwich, then this is not talking about food. And we're going to show you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Now, remember, the Most High gave Cornelius a vision, who's a Gentile, and told him to go see Peter. Go see Peter. Continue, brother. Verse 18. And called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged here. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now it says Peter was in thought about the vision. He still didn't understand it. The angel told him, Somebody's looking for you. Go, don't doubt anything. So whatever transpires next... Is what the vision was about. He needed this, what's about to happen now, to enlighten him on what the vision meant. Realize that Peter didn't understand the vision. Continue, brother. Verse 21. Then Peter went down to the men, which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and a good report among all the nations of the Jews was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house. Right. So these are the men, Cornelius, the men that Cornelius had sent. They went to see Peter because why? Peter had the keys. He was a Gentile, brothers and sisters. Uh, jump to verse 25, brother. Verse 25. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. And he, he talked with him. He went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. See, he said, you know it's unlawful for a man that is a Jew to keep company with one of another nation. Nation is nationality. See, read, read 28 one more time, brother. Verse 28. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is unlawful for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Call any what? Man common or unclean. Call any what? Man common or unclean. So the vision was about people, brothers and sisters. It had nothing to do with food. See? But people will use these types of scriptures with no understanding to, to satisfy their lust. See, he said, I should not call any man common or unclean. Remember, Peter said, I haven't eaten anything unclean. He wasn't telling him to eat food. He was telling him to receive a Gentile who had never... It, we couldn't sit down at meat and talk with you guys. We couldn't do that. As, as Israelites, it was, we were restricted from that. Because why? Gentiles were following other gods. But notice how it made a point to say Cornelius was, was, was devout and he feared the Most High God. So this was the beginning of Gentiles coming into our church. This He had to send Peter a vision because Peter would have rejected him. Because why? Christ told us not to go into the way of the Samaritans. So until that time, they were following Christ. They weren't going to Gentiles. This was the first time a Gentile would be accepted in. 
to sit down and, and talk and eat. See, read 28 one more time because Christians need to get this because they will go to this, this chapter and completely butcher it. Verse 28, and he said unto them, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. I shall not call any man common or unclean, brothers and sisters. That vision with Peter was not telling you to go eat a pork chop sandwich. It was telling him that he could sit down with somebody from another nation. You can't call who I've called clean unclean. He's talking about people, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that because this is one of the main the main stories that Christians use to say you can eat whatever you want. And they have no, no spiritual understanding if they bring a scripture like that. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 12 and 11. The words of the wise are as good. Actually, let's read verse 13, brother. Verse 13? Yes, sir. <clears throat> verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Do what? Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I thought the law was done away with. See? So as a man, your whole duty is to follow the commandments and fear the most high God. And if you're saying there's no law, then there's no reason for for life for you. The whole... Read 13 one more time, brother. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. So we're still under the law, brothers and sisters. The only difference is we can't come kill somebody because they're breaking the law. That's the only difference. Christ gave you grace to have time to get it together before he come back. But guess what? When Christ come back, if you're still in that sin, you will be judged with the rest. Because you had grace. Grace don't mean just go sin on purpose. That's not what grace means, brothers and sisters. So we need to show you to fear God and keep his commandments. That's the duty of a man. So how do you fear him if you're not keeping his commandments? So how are you pleasing him if you're a man? You're not pleasing him. You've got to keep his commandments, brothers and sisters, and don't allow any man, no matter how eloquent he may speak, to get you to, to, to go against the words that you're reading out of your Bible. See, you could easily, brothers and sisters could easily go read Leviticus and see, it says, don't eat this and don't eat this. But Christians have come in and started to give them other scriptures that would have them feel like they're permitted to do something. So we're going to go to those same scriptures and take the veil off. Therefore, when a Christian come with this uh, foolishness, you can shun them. Let's go to 1 John 2 and 4. New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 John 2 and 4. 1 John 2 verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. If you say you know the Most High and you don't keep his commandments, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. Why? See? I thought the law was done away with. I thought there was no commandments. This is in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in it. Right, so I don't care, you know, how holy somebody may appear. If you're not keeping the commandments, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. You don't know the Most High. 
And when 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 it's judgment day, he's going to tell you you don't know him. Because why? If you knew him, you would have been keeping his commandments. Why would the Most High go through so much work to get us the law, have it preserved for us, and then say you don't have to follow it? Why would he do that? So he just gave the law to Moses, you know, went through uh, went through thousands of years, made sure we still had the record in our captivity, our final captivity, just to tell you you don't need to keep the law. It doesn't make any sense, brothers and sisters. The only way you would believe that is if you want to break the law. <laughs> That's the only way, because why? It's only hard if you want to be disobedient. That's the only way it's hard. See? It's not hard to follow the law, brothers and sisters, unless you want to be disobedient. Because the Bible tells you that the, the law is not grievous. The Bible tells you that. So unless it's something out there that you know is in Scripture that you're not willing to put down, then that's when it becomes hard. We're going to go to 2 Maccabees, because why? It was common knowledge that the Israelites did not eat pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. It was known by all people to the point where when we were taken down by the Grecians, there was a story of Antiochus Epiphany, and he tortured our people in order to compel them or uh, coerce them into eating unclean foods to show you how important it is that Satan perpetuates you eating unclean food and that our people at one time would have died before they ate something unlawful. We're going to show you, brothers and sisters. Go to 2 Maccabees 7 and 1, brother. 2 Maccabees 7, verse 1. It came to pass also that seven brethren with their mother were taken and compelled by the king against the law to taste swine's flesh. To taste what? Swine's flesh. And were tormented with scourges and with whips. It said compelled by the king against the law to taste swine's flesh. To show you that it's against the law. See, that's a law, brothers and sisters. It's a sin to partake in, in swine, brothers and sisters. So a lot of people say, you know what? I've been delivered from going to the club and I've been delivered from drinking every day. Have you been delivered from that pork chop sandwich? How about that one? Because the Christian church will have you believe that the only sins are something, you know, societal sins, you know, outside of yourself. When really the ones you need to worry about are the ones inside. That's inside, brothers and sisters. Read uh, verse one, brother. Verse one. It came to pass also that seven brethren with their mother were taken and compelled by the king against the law to taste swine's flesh and were tormented with scourges and whips. Right. So they took seven of our brethren and they tortured them and beat them because they wanted to show this was a party, brothers and sisters. There was a party with nations from all over coming to see entertainment, which was the king trying to coerce Jews into eating swine. Why? Because it was common knowledge that these people do not eat pork. It was common knowledge. The whole world knew this, brothers and sisters. So they said, you know what? We're going to have a party. We're going to call together all the kings and princes from other nations. And then we're going to make these people eat, uh, eat pig, eat, eat swine's flesh. See, this was, a, this was entertainment to them, brothers and sisters. They love it when they see you asking for extra bacon. They love it. Continue, brother. Verse 2. But one of them that spake first said thus, What wouldest thou ask or learn of us? We are ready to die, rather than to transgress the laws of our fathers. Look at that. Look how regal and royal our people were. And see, this is why they would never give you the apocrypha. Second Maccabees, brothers and sisters, is in your apocrypha. 
the 14 books that were taken out of your 1611 King James Version Bible. See, our people would have rather have died than to transgress the laws of our father. See, that's a king right there. That's a king. I'm not going to compromise myself. That we must relearn that, brothers and sisters. Pick back that. Pick up that 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 regal mentality. Read that one more time, brother. Verse two. But one of them that spake first said thus: What wouldst thou ask or learn of us? We are ready to die rather than to transgress the laws of our father. Now, some of our people they eat it. <laughs> they'll eat it for free. Then we don't even need to force it. You can have other options, and they'll choose to eat that. I spoke to a family member years ago, and I was trying to uh, persuade her to get turkey bacon. Um, and she said, I don't want it if it's not real. <laughs> to show you that our people, <laughs> they, they, they perpetuate that particular sin. Where they don't want it if it's not sin. This is our people, brothers and sisters. We got to come back to be righteous and holy. Come back to your father. And follow the laws, statutes, and commandments as it is written, brothers and sisters. Brother, can you start at 1 and let's read it through. I'm going to let you go. Verse 1. It came to pass also that seven brethren with their mother were taken and compelled by the king against the law to taste swine's flesh and were tormented with scourges and whips. But one of them that spake first said thus, What wouldst thou ask or learn of us? We are ready to die rather than to transgress the laws of our father. That's proof Israel had knowledge back then that that animal was unclean. Continue. Verse 3. Then the king, being in a rage, commanded pains and cauldrons and cauldrons to make hot. Right. So the king was furious. He was, he was infuriated. See, they're angry when you don't sin because they know why. If you sin, their hedge of protection come off of you. Wisdom of Solomon tell you that. The Holy Spirit must flee if you're sinning. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Then the king, being in a rage, commanded pans and cauldrons to be made hot. Big pots, huge pots that can fit somebody a body in it. They're warming it up, heating it up. Verse 4. Which forwith being heated, he commanded to cut out the tongue of him that spake first. Now remember, there's seven brethren. There's seven and their mother. And to cut off the utmost parts of his body, the rest of his brethren and his mother looking on. So because you won't eat this pork, Israel, we're going to cut off your tongue and cut off your uttermost parts of, of his body in front of his mother. See, to show you that it's something spiritual about that food, spiritually evil about that food. It's more than just eating pork, brothers and sisters. It's more because our people would have died and they were willing to kill us if we didn't eat this. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Now when he was thus made, he was thus maimed in all his members, he commanded him being yet alive to be brought to the fire and to be fried in the pan. And at this vapor of the pan was for a good space dispersed. They exhorted one another with the mother to die manfully, saying thus. Right. So these brothers were willing to die for the Most High in righteousness because why? They know what come after death, especially righteous death. We got to know, brothers and sisters, if you plan on doing the work, realize that death is part of the work. Sometimes you may have to die. You must be prepared for that. It's not just putting scriptures together. and No, it's that too. But there may come a time where you may have to die. Christ died. The disciples died. So if you're not ready for that, then you need to get ready for it. 
There may come a time where your work will have to be your death. Because why? That'll teach people something too. They'll say he died for what he believed in. And that will spread the word even more. The same way, once Christ died, the word, the word became to be, the, the word began to be spread. Which scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished five. All right. Verse six. The Lord God looketh upon us, and in truth hath comfort in us, as Moses in his song, which witness to their faces declared, saying, and he shall be comforted in his servants. So when the first was dead, after this manner, they brought the second to make him a mocking stock. So they wanted to make in fun of, they wanted to make fun of these brothers. They wanted to antagonize them and chastise them. They wanted to embarrass them. See, there's a party going on, brothers and sisters. They have brought a party, people from all nations, to view us sinning against our God. And when they had pulled off the skin of his head with the hair, they asked him, Wilt thou eat before thou be punished throughout every member of thy body? So they scalped this brother. And some and, and see, they'll teach you in European sources that our people, the, the North American Indians, were scalping people. That's what you guys do. We learn that from you all. We learn that. Our, our brothers, the Gadites, had to protect themselves after being, <laughs> after being co- coerced into helping the enemy. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. So when the first was dead after this manner, they brought the second to make him a mocking stop. And when they had pulled off the skin of his head with the hair, they asked him, Will thou eat before thou be punished throughout every member of thy body? So if it's not really important, why are they like, Listen, if you eat this, we won't, put, we won't beat you no more. We won't cut off your limbs. If, it's not, if there's no importance of, uh, of what we're eating, especially that particular filthy animal, Right? Then why are they going through such <laughs> such wits in order to get you to break the law? See? Continue, brother. Verse 8. But he answered in his own language and said, No. La'ak. Wherefore, he also received the next torment in order, as the former did. Right. So they said, No, we're not going to eat that filthy food. We're not going to eat that. We're Jews. We're Israelites. It's it, Being an Israelite... Brothers and sisters, if you've realized, you've become conscious of who you are, you can't eat those foods anymore. Because it's well known that these people don't eat those foods. So if you want your heritage back, your rulership back, your land back, you want people to respect you, you have to put those foods down. You must put it down. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And when he was at the last gasp, he said, Though like a fury taketh us out of the present life, but the king of the world shall rise up, shall rise us up, who have died for his laws until everlasting life. See, to prove you, they had the understanding of what happens after death. See, he said, even though, you know, you, you have a, 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 a man king, a king who's, you know, a regular man, the king of the world shall rise up those who died for the law, statutes and commandments and reward them with what? Everlasting life. Continue, brother. Verse 10. After him was the third made a mocking stop, and when he was required, he put out his tongue, and that right and that right son soon holding forth his hands manfully. Look, look at what they're doing, brothers and sisters, all because our people won't eat pork. Verse 11, and said courageously, these I have from heaven. So my hands I got from heaven. And for his laws I despise them, and from him I hope to receive them again. See, so he's saying, you can cut off my limbs. I'm coming back better than ever. 
and a new uncorruptible body. Verse 12. And so much that the king and they that were with him were marveled at the young man's courage, for that he nothing regarded the pain. See? Look at that. So those who were at the party marveled the man's courage. Because why? In the most high, he didn't flinch. Because he knew what was going to happen afterwards. See? And that's, you got to be ready to die for what you believe in, brothers and sisters. Because Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. Verse 13. Now when this man was dead also, they tormented and mangled the fourth in the like manner. So when he was ready to die, he said thus, It is good being put to death by men to look for a hope from God to be raised up again by him. As for thee, thou shalt have no resurrection to life. Right. He said, as for thee, as for, you know, that king, you won't be resurrected. You're going to burn. You, you're going to burn for eternity. So he's saying, you know, it's a righteous thing. It's righteous to die for the most high God, for his law, statutes and commandments, for what's right. We already dying for nothing. We dying for colors. We dying over shoes. Look at our people was dying for something real. Something respectable. Where now, you know, we read their story now, thousands of years later, because of the, the righteousness of these brothers. Continue. Verse 15. Afterward, they brought the fifth also and mangled him. Then looked he, looked he unto the king and said, Thou hast power over men. Thou art corruptible. Thou doest what thou wilt. Yet think not that our nation is forsaken of God. Right. So he's saying you have power over men. You're the king right now. But the most high God have not forsaken us. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Then looked he unto the king and said, Thou hast power over men. Thou art corruptible. Thou doest what thou wilt. Yet think not that our nation is forsaken of God. But abide a while and behold his great power. How he will torment thee and thy seed. Right. So he said abide a while. Because the Most High will torment you and your seed. The Most High will get revenge for his people. Verse 18. After him also they brought the sixth. Who being ready to die said. Be not deceived without cause. For we suffer these things for ourselves. Having sinned against our God. Therefore marvels, marvelous things are done unto us. So they said don't think that you have power the only reason we're being punished is because we sinned. See, so you have to take that power back. A lot of Israelites want to just talk about how we've been victimized and what the white man had done and what this person had done and what this person had done. Listen, I'm not trying to get in a contest to see who's been oppressed more. I'm not looking for that, brothers and sisters. The only way that any of this transpired is because of us. And I understand it. Nobody had the, the, the power to put us underfoot other than the most high, other than ourselves. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. After him also they brought the sixth, who being ready to die, said, Be not deceived without cause, for we suffer these things for ourselves, having sinned against our God. Therefore marvelous things are done unto us. To prove to you that when you sin, the protection comes off you, just as he said. Just as he said. The only reason this is happening is because we sinned. To prove to you that if you don't sin, you have the protection. Continue, brother. Verse 19, but think not thou that taketh in hand to strive against God, that thou escape shall be unpunished. Right, so you won't be unpunished. Verse 20, but the mother was marvelous above all. Right, so the mother had raised these boys right, and she was there. Think about it. 
watching her sons be tormented and torn apart. But what? She understood. She understood why they were dying. Continue, brother. Verse 20. But the mother was marvelous above all and worthy of honorable memory. For when she saw her seven sons slain without the space of one, one day, she bared with a good courage because of the hope that she had in the Lord. See, so a lot of times you'll lose something or something will happen. And usually without the truth, you would be devastated. You would be devastated. But when you have the most high God, you're, you know, you're still protected. You're still comforted to some degree. You're still comforted. It's not, you know, overly aggressive to you. The most high is protecting your feelings. He's protecting what you think, what you know, what you're doing. He's still protecting you. Even though something may have transpired that was, you know, was not good for you or not popular or maybe not helpful for you. The most high is there and there will be light at the end of the tunnel. This is what she sees, brothers and sisters. Verse 21. Yes, yeah, she exhorted every one of them in her own language, filled with courageous spirits and stirring up her womanish thoughts with a manly stomach. She said unto them. Right. So she was talking to her babies and encouraging them. She was encouraging her babies in the Hebrew tongue because why? They weren't they didn't speak Hebrew. Continue, brother. Verse 22. I cannot tell how you came into my womb. This is what she's saying to her child. For I neither gave you breath nor life. Neither was it I that formed the members of every one of you. So she's saying, I'm not responsible for your life. Now, uh, another mother would say, just eat it. Just eat it. I don't want you to die. Being emotional. See, this sister wasn't emotional. She understood the reason for, you know, this particular punishment and what would come of it. If you are scared, if you are afraid of death, then you're in jail already because they'll use you, you know, you being scared to die against you. And that'll leave you in fear. That will leave you in fear. So you must conquer that. Continue, brother. Verse 23. But doubtless the creator of the world who formed the generation of man and found out the beginning of all things will also of his own mercy give you breath and life again. As you now regard now your own selves for his law's sake. Right. You disregard yourself for his law's sake. So law was important to us, brothers and sisters. Nowadays, Christians just talk about the law like it's, and you don't got to really worry about that. Like, hold on. What? Our people love the law. We are a lawful people. And now they just disregard it as if it's nothing. You don't got to worry about that. You don't got to worry about that. You don't got to worry about that. Continue, brother. Verse 24. Now Antiochus, thinking himself despised and suspecting it to be a reproachful speech, whilst the youngest was yet alive, did not only exhort him by words, but also assured him with oaths that he would make him both a rich and a happy man. So now Antiochus, is t Antiochus Epiphany is trying to persuade this young man, saying, listen, I'll make you rich. You'll be my friend. You'll be my confidant. I'll come to you for advice. See, look at this. Why is he doing this to get somebody to eat pork, brothers and sisters? Why? Read, read 24 again, brother. Verse 24. Now Antiochus, thinking himself despised and suspecting it to be a reproachful speech, whilst the youngest was yet alive, did not only exhort him by words, but also assured him with oaths that he would make him both a rich and a happy man if we would turn from the laws of his father. See, and that's what Satan will do. Satan will give you what you want. That which you think will make you happy. Remember, he offered Christ the same thing. Listen, bow down to me and I'll give you rulership of all kingdoms. 
See, so he's saying, I will give you anything you want if you just turn from the laws of your father. Look at that. If it doesn't really matter, why is he trying to make the man rich? Continue, brother. Verse 25. But when the young man would in no case hearken unto him, the king called his mother and exhorted her that she would counsel the young man to save his life. Right. So now he, he called the mother up and, and he's telling the mother, listen, you know, get your son to do the right thing. I don't want to have to kill him. To see he know moms, what, are usually emotional. So they wanted, you know, for the sake of uh, n- not wanting his mother to see this, that he would just, you know, would surmise to eat the, eat the pork. And that's not what was going to happen. Continue, brother. Verse 26. And when he had exhorted her with many words, she promised him that she would counsel her son. But she bound herself towards him, laughing the cruel tyrant to scorn, speaking her courtesy, spoken her country language in this manner. O oh, my son, have pity upon me that I bear thee nine months in my womb, and gave thee suck three years, and nourished thee, and brought thee up unto this age, and endured the troubles of education. I beseech thee, my son, look upon the heaven and the earth, and all that is therein, and consider that God made them of things that were not. And so was mankind made likewise. Right. So she's saying everything in heaven, everything that you see was made by something you can't see. Mm-hmm. So understand that there's something outside of what you can see. Mm-hmm. See, even to the last, you know, to the last scintilla of time she would have with her baby, she's talking righteous to him. See, this is what a mother, this is what a righteous woman does. She don't tell her children to break the law. Continue, brother. Verse 29. Fear not this tormentor, but being worthy of thy brethren, take thy death, that I may receive thee again in mercy with, the, with thy brethren. See, so she said your brother died, and, and you know, they're going to be worthy of resurrection. And you die too, since this is what it must be, and you will get the same reward as your brothers. That's what she's selling them. Now, this was her baby. This was the youngest, brothers and sisters. This was the youngest. We wanted to show you that the Greeks, the Greeks wanted us to eat meat as a or eat pork and unlawful foods in front of company as a form of entertainment. This was funny to them, brothers and sisters. And that's why on TVs, our people that's on all the television shows are the foul fornicators, liars, homosexuals, because this is entertainment to them. It's entertainment to see a people of law not following the law. They love it. They love it, brothers and sisters. Read 29 again, brother. Verse 29. Fear not this tormentor, but being worthy of thy brethren, take thy death, that I may receive thee again in mercy with thy brethren. While she was yet speaking these words, the young man said, Whom wait ye for? I will not obey the king's commandments, but I will obey the commandment of the law that was given unto our father by Moses. See, so he said, listen, because brothers and sisters, the king, this was government. He said, I'm not going to follow my government. I'm going to follow the most high God. See, and a lot of you will follow everything the government say. They say, stop on red light, put your blinker on, pay your taxes. You'll do all of that. Police will never pull you over. And then when he pulled you over, he come to your window and you say, man, there's so many laws. I can't follow those. I can't follow all those laws. Register the car, get insurance, do this, do that. You would never say that to them. But you'll do it to the most high and claim that there's 600 some odd laws, which is not true. Because there's laws in the Bible that are just for women. There's laws in the Bible that are just for men. There's laws in the Bible concerning if you steal. 
So if you just follow the 10, the rest of the laws don't apply to you. That's what the law became vast because we were breaking them. So there isn't over whatever many laws that people are trying to claim and or they use that as a psychology. So you won't do it because they're like, it's so vast. The lie is so vast. You must give them so much. So they're not even interested. This is what they do, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that they had the knowledge that this was a filthy animal and they would have rather died before they ate it. Read verse 30 one more time, brother. Verse 30. While she was yet speaking these words, the young man said, whom wait ye for? I will not obey the king's commandment, but I will obey the commandments of the laws that was given unto our fathers by Moses. Read verse 39, brother. Verse 39. Then the king, being in a rage, handled him worse than all the rest and took it grievously that he was mocked. Read that again. Verse 39. Then the king, being in a rage, handled him worse than all of the rest. And took it grievously that he was mocked. See, so he became angry and killed him also. See this, brothers and sisters? They killed our people because we didn't eat pork. The Most High made us special, a holy people. And the whole world know that our people are clean. We eat clean. That was what was known about us. We, I, we should want to be known as clean people, not as thugs and hoodlums and criminals. We should be known as that clean people who follow the Most High God. That's who we are. Let's go to Deuteronomy 14 and 8 to prove to you that they had understanding of the law in regards to dietary. Deuteronomy 14 verse 8. And the swine, because it divided the hoof, yet cheweth not the cud, it is unclean unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass. You can't even, t- if you graze a pig, you unclean. That's what this is saying. That's a holy people. That's a righteous people. You can't even touch it. You can't even pick it up, brothers and sisters. This is the law, brothers and sisters. Swine, because it divided the hook, but not chew of the cup. It's unclean. Do not eat that filthy animal, brothers and sisters. And we wonder why a lot of our people are dying from high blood pressure, heart disease. You're eating things that are not supposed to be eaten. The Most High made things for the earth that are supposed to be garbage disposals for the earth. And then you go eat the garbage disposal. That's why people are sick. They're eating crab, shrimp, lobster, things that the Most High God made to cleanse the earth. And then you eat it. It's not to be eaten. It have a job to do, which is cleanse the waters, cleanse the earth. And that's why the earth is out of course. And the waters are dying. It's filthy. The land is dying. Because why? Too many of the animals that shouldn't be eaten are being eaten. Therefore, the whole world is polluted. We needed to show you that, brothers and sisters. We're not allowed to eat pork. And brothers and sisters would have rather died before they ate that filthy animal when we were a people, when we were established in our righteousness. Go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, brother. 1 brother Corey, read 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, please. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I thought there was no law. This is the New Testament, brothers and sisters, telling you that it's wrong to be a fornicator, an idolater. An adulterer, a drunkard. See? So this is the New Testament, brothers and sisters. This is proof. This is where you take Christians. 
when they say the law is done away with. And in the New Testament, you don't have to follow no law. You go right to this scripture right here and say, okay, so why is Paul, why are they saying, you know, that a fornicator won't make it into the kingdom if we're not under the law? Read that one more time, brother, 9 and 10. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Exactly. The law still stands, brothers and sisters. The law stands. Go to 1 Timothy 4 and 4, brother. We're going to do this thorough, brothers and sisters, because we don't want somebody to come behind us, which you've already learned, and try to present something that may stumble you. So we're going to go to all of it first. First Timothy four, verse four. Now, this is what a Christian. This is usually the one they pull out. Once you don't fall for all the other ones, they'll pull this out. And I think it will get a lot of brothers and sisters. So we're going to go there first. For every creature of God is good. And nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Right. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Now, every creature. You see that, brother? Every creature. Every creature. I can eat every creature. It says every creature is of, uh, of God is good. Now, you have to understand the Bible tells you there's nothing unclean within itself. So that means that all things are clean. When you're using it for its purpose. A pig was not meant to be eaten. It was meant to be a garbage disposal. It was meant to eat the sicknesses up. Shrimp, crab, and lobster, those weren't meant to be eaten. They're good for what they were made for, which is to clean the floor of the sea. That's what they were made for, brothers and sisters. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it be received with thanksgiving. If it be received with thanksgiving. Now you would have to go where? Into Leviticus 11 where we already went and show you the foods that were given to be received with thanksgiving. See, so if they take you there, you tell them, well, every creature is good, but not to eat though. See, that's, that's the problem. Just because there's animals out there don't mean you should eat them. There's animals that you should not eat. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Right. See, so don't allow them to pull this scripture on you. They'll use this. This is probably the, the one that they use once they figure out that you, you know, once you figure out that the other ones that they've used were fallacy. Once you once you, you pin them down and show that, listen, Peter was talking about people. He wasn't talking about me. Christ was talking about when when he said it's not what go off into a man, he was talking about washing hands. See, when you go there, they'll go here. This is the one that they go to. And you tell them, well, what foods did he make to be received with Thanksgiving? Leviticus 11. Leviticus 11, brothers and sisters. Brother, read verse, read verse 1. Verse 1. Well, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, 
which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Right, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving. What food did he say you you could eat? What what's which foods was that? Where was that at? You would have to go to Leviticus eleven. Now, why is it saying, brothers and sisters, why is this scripture saying, read, uh, read two and three again, brother. Verse two, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Now, on the flip side of this, brothers and sisters, to give it some levity, we've gone through the dietary law, but you will have some people who say you should follow more laws. So there was a group of people out there, brothers and sisters, that said you shouldn't have intercourse and that you shouldn't eat meats, even though the Bible give you the law of Leviticus, of what's clean and unclean. So that's why he's going into this. And we're going to show you a couple of the scriptures just in case on the flip side, because why? We prepared you for what the Christians may say, but we have to prepare you all the way, just in case, so you don't stumble. Brothers and sisters, read verse three again, brother. Verse three, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Now, it is okay. It's lawful for you to be a vegetarian or it's lawful for you to be a pescatarian. What's not lawful is for somebody to have you believe that you would be better if you didn't. That's what's against the Bible. And if you use the if you use scripture to promote that, it's going to fall down because the Bible is not meant to promote that. Any doctrine that's against what Christ taught, and when I say against, that means anything outside of what Christ taught, the Bible is going to shed light on it. It will shed light on every doctrine that didn't come from Christ. So if you use scriptures, then you must be prepared to defend those scriptures. So there will be people who wants you to not have intercourse and to abstain from meats. Kind of how the Christian church tell you, um, well, a priest or a nun can't have intercourse. See, so you can have in your mind that it is going on out there, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you some scriptures that could be used to maybe stumble somebody who's not strong enough to think that they either must eat meat or they must eat vegetables or they must eat fish. When really you have the you have the autonomy to do whatever you want to do as long as it's lawful. But we want to show you it's there for a reason. Let's go to Hebrews 6. We need to give you this, brothers and sisters. You need to have both sides of it. We can't just go into what the Christians say and, and shed light on that. We have to shed light on everything. Therefore, you can be prepared. Because why? Our people are falling to the dietary laws. So you would have some people who are saying, yeah, even though you got, you know, Leviticus 11 is telling you what not to eat and what to eat, you shouldn't eat none of that. So they'll take it a step above and you'll have that out there, brothers and sisters. But don't let that deter you from actually following the Bible, because why? That could deter somebody from following the Bible, telling them that they can't eat meat. A lot of people are going to not even deal with the Bible because of that, because why? They're not. It's not a good chance. That, you know, even 25% of all people are not going to eat meat that they've been eating their entire life. So if they somehow equate not eating meat with the Bible, you're going to push it away. You're going to push them away. That's that's clear, brothers. Let's show you what scriptures are used. Read verse 1, brother. Hebrews 6 and 1. 
Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Right. So this scripture will be used to say, um, you know, we should be going unto perfection, which is true. In inside of itself, we should be working towards perfection. How do you do that? Baptism, land of hands, resurrection, eternal judgment. But somebody could use this to say, okay, we got to work towards perfection. So that would lead you where? Working towards perfection would lead somebody to say, okay, let's go to Isaiah 11. Let's go here so we can show you what we mean. This is how it can be used, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 11, we're going to read 5 through 9. We need to work towards perfection. This is how people will come. Isaiah 11 and 5. And, and righteousness shall be girdle of his loins, and faithfulness of the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the, cow, with the kid, and the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. Now what this is talking about, brothers and sisters, is in the kingdom. Animals will not be killing animals. They'll go back to being herbivores, how they were meant to be originally. So that, this scripture is saying that animals will not be killing animals. But we have to show you how people would try to link this and see, does the Bible link with that precept or does it link somewhere else? Why? Because if you're teaching something that's not endorsed through the Bible, it's going to fall. It have to. Read, read six again, brother. Verse six. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. See, the lion shall eat straw. So this is talking about animals killing animals, brothers and sisters. Verse 8, And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the, of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. Verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. Right. So there will be no violence. Animals will not be violent towards each other. So somebody could use this to say. See. We're working unto perfection. So in order to work to, to perfection. We must do what we're going to do in heaven. Which is no animals dying. And there's nothing wrong with that on the on the face side of it. On the face side, if you're going to use this particular scripture as a pretext to be a vegetarian, it's going to fall down. And we're going to show you how. Brother Corey, could you read Isaiah 11, 5 through 9 one more time? Verse 5. And the righteousness shall, shall be the girdle, girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Now the Bible is correct when it says this. It's, it's, it's correct. But we, we, where the danger comes in is if we use, if somebody used this scripture to say this is working towards perfection, if it's used in that manner, 
You being a vegetarian is fine. That, there's nothing unlawful with it. The only problem comes in is how you present it. If you present it in a certain fashion using certain scriptures, it's going to fall. And let us show you what we mean. If this is working towards perfection, then 1 Corinthians 8 and 8 is wrong and is a contradiction. So we need to put that out there. Because if, if not eating meat is working unto perfection, then if somebody isn't eat, if somebody is eating meat, they're they're worse off. So let's read uh, eight and eight, brother. First Corinthians eight verse eight. <clears throat> but meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat or we are we better, and neither if we not eat are we worse. So that can't be working towards perfection unless this scripture is wrong. So a brother or sister is not any better or worse than any other brother or sister because there maybe a brother doesn't eat any meat. That don't make you better than him because you are. Or the other way around. Maybe some brothers and sisters don't eat meat and that don't make them better. So we need to give some levity that you can't say that going towards perfection would be not eating meat because that, that wouldn't be righteous. That, so if somebody come to you and say you're less righteous because you're eating meat, then we know that that's not true because the Bible says, read it again, brother. Verse eight, but meat commended us not to God for neither if we eat, are we the better? Neither if we eat not, are we the worse? Right. So me personally, I don't eat fast food. I haven't eaten it in quite some time, but I can't then come to, you know, come to a, a, a a church setting and try to use the Bible to say, well, brother, you shouldn't be eating fast food. Listen, as long as it's lawful, I can't, I don't have the, I'm not in the position to come and go against what God said. If God say you can do it, who am I? I'm, I, I can't come and come behind it. So we needed to show you that it's not working towards perfection. We needed you to show that because why? Some people will say, right, you only need, what, nuts and berries and vegetables to survive. And I don't doubt that at all. But I know the majority of the world is not going to deal with just what they can have to survive. They want to eat what they like. Some people like steak. Some people like chicken. And it would be wrong for anybody to come into the laws that the Most High established and say, yeah, that's good, but this is better. Because it's not better. Because the Most High said, Neither if you eat or not, are you better? So it really doesn't, it doesn't bear any weight for you. So either you do it or you don't. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't make you a better person. If somebody is a murderer and a killer and a thief, but yet they don't eat meat, are they better? No, of course not. And that's either way, brothers and sisters. So we can't use the scripture of that's working towards perfection because scripturally it tells you that that, that don't fit there. So we need to go there because why? People shouldn't feel guilt-tripped guilt tripped into following what I think they should follow or what you think they should follow. As long as you're within the regulations and the regulations, the most high is the regulator. So somebody, I can't come to you and say, yeah, man, you should eat salmon for 364 days a year, five times a day. I, can't, I don't have the right to do that. I don't have the right. Now, if I want to do it, that's fine. But I can't, I can't share that with somebody to do it, brothers and sisters. Somebody should be able to eat whatever they want to eat and not feel guilt-tripped. As long as it's lawful. I'm not telling brothers and sisters to go eat pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. But you have foods that are there for you to eat if you want to. And if you don't, that's fine too, brothers and sisters. That's fine. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 8. But meat commended us not to God. 
For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. Now, the reason we brought this up is because brothers and sisters who may use this, we got to show you the weakness in it so you can build it stronger in a different way. Because let's say hypothetically, we're not going to eat meat because we're not going to be doing it in the kingdom. Well, that leads you to what? That leads you to what else won't you be doing in the kingdom? Let's show you what else, because a lot of people don't put this part in. Go to Matthew 22. This will not be happening in the kingdom. So now the magnifying glass is on the person who brought it out. Are you really bringing it out because you want to rehearse the righteous acts in heaven? Or are you bringing it out because that's the lifestyle you deal with and you want to promote it using the Bible or use it as a springboard? Because this scripture will will show the true intent. Read verse 30, brother. Matthew 22 and 30. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Right. So you won't be having intercourse in heaven either. So if you're using that scripture to say, I want to be a vegetarian because we're not going to eat meat in heaven. Then now also you're saying you shouldn't be having intercourse. And And we don't know anybody that's willing to give that up. But the fact of the matter is that leads to what? A doctrine of the devil. Because if somebody used scripture to say we should, you know, we should do the acts or we should recite what we're going to do in heaven. That means not eating meat according to you and not having intercourse. And first Timothy said what? That is a doctrine of devils. Because why? There was people in times past who were using that before saying, well, you know, in heaven, I want to just live how I'm living in heaven. Well, now you have the choice to make. Are you just going to follow the dietary part of heaven or are you going to follow all of it? See, and most people are not going to follow all of it. So that would lead somebody to believe that you weren't really prepared to follow the acts of heaven. You were willing to prepare with the part you thought worked out best with your regimen. Unless you're going to now tell people they shouldn't marry. And I, I don't think anybody is <laughs> going to say that. But we need to show you that if they use the scripture of we want to live like we're going to live in heaven as a pretext or springboard to to be a vegetarian is going to lead you to a doctrine of devils because then somebody would go and say, you know what? Yeah, I want to eat how I'm eating heaven. Let me go find out what else I won't be doing in heaven. And it'll lead them right here. See, it'll lead them right here, brothers and sisters. So it's not the vegetarian part of it. It's what comes with that doctrine. If you want to be a vegetarian, hey, that's a, that's perfect. But if you use those scriptures, it's a doctrine of devil. It'll be a doctrine of the devil if you use those particular scriptures to say it. Because the Bible don't sponsor or endorse that. It's not wrong, but the Bible don't endorse it. Because why? Christ didn't teach that. Paul, Peter, none of the the disciples taught that. So, you know, that's not the gospel. That's that's not the God. That won't bring somebody to Christ. So if it's not the gospel, brothers and sisters, we might as well, you know, stick to the stick to, you know, the things that will bring somebody closer. Because if somebody says, well, the 144,000 won't be eating meat, that would insinuate that in order for you to be part of the 144,000, you must stop eating meat. And that's not in the Bible. That's pure speculation. But the part that gets left out is the 144,000 will not be having intercourse. Nobody wants to promote that part because now, now the intent comes out. So brothers and sisters have to be very careful when they use the Bible to promote certain things. Not to say it's wrong or it's right, but if you use scripture to promote it, then you can also be corrected with those same scripture because you use scripture. 
So, you know, brothers and sisters, hear the weaknesses in it and then go back and kind of tamper it and taper it and say, okay, let me put this here or let me take that out. Because if you use certain scriptures, anybody who is given time to cross-examine that doctrine, you can't uphold it. You, you can't, and if you can't, if you can't uphold it, you can't teach it. So we won't teach it because why? It's not wrong. So since it's not wrong, I can't go and say, well, you can do this, but you can do that. I, I can't do that. I can only uphold the things there's a fine line on. Anything that's great, uh, we don't promote. We don't promote it. We promote things that we can, that we can, you know, that we can say there's a, a hard line. on. You know, either this is right or this is wrong. We don't go into anything else because we only want to bring brothers and sisters closer to Christ. So if you can't say it's lawful, right, then if you can't say it's unlawful, then somebody's allowed to eat it, brothers and sisters. That's just that's just it. That's you know, we got to stick to the gospel, brothers and sisters, because usually somebody will say, OK, I'm going to stop eating meat because I saw that there would be no killing of animals in the kingdom. And then later on, they'll find out that they shouldn't be having intercourse if they're going by that ideology. And then they'll say, you know what? I'll just deal with the eating part. So really, you just wasted your time while you could have been doing the work to go up, see something, find out that uh, I'm not willing to make the commitment like that, that I'm going to stop having intercourse. And then you'll come back and do what you are already doing. So the fact of the matter is don't waste time, brothers and sisters. We don't have time to waste. We do not have time to waste. So we got to promote both sides of it. We must promote. If they're going to use scripture to say in the kingdom, we're not going to do it. So I don't want to do it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But also, you're not going to be having intercourse. And I think brothers and sisters should know that. They need to be able to make a righteous, conscious decision. Not on half of, you know, half of the information, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Romans 4 and 15. We've got three more scriptures. We're going to close it out. But we had to show if you use the scripture for that, it's going to fall. You don't have to use scripture for that. You can just put it out there. But if you use the scripture, uh, it's, it's going to fall, brothers and sisters. It have to. Read, brother. Romans 4, verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. So if there's no law to say you can't eat it, it's not a sin. That's what this is saying. Where there's no law, there's no transgression. So I can't then come to somebody and say, you're not breaking the law, but... You should do this. Why should somebody do that when they're not breaking the law? This is how we have to this is how we have to examine it, brothers and sisters. This is how we have to examine it. Because it's already a struggle getting people to put down pork. And now you're gonna pull the whole rug from underneath of them. Read it again, brother. Verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath, <clears throat> for where no law is, there is no transgression. Right. Where there's no law, there's no transgression. So if a brother can't tell you a scripture, or I can't tell you a scripture that say, you know, eating eating fruits is wrong, brother. If I can't provide a scripture that says eating fruits is wrong, then there's no law. And I'm speculating, I'm dealing with philosophy. If somebody can't bring a scripture that say eating fish or eating beef is wrong, then there's no reason to really promote it. Because brothers and sisters have work that they need that they need to be attending to. And if it's not going to profit or edify, then we don't do it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Leviticus 4, and we're going to read 1 through 3, because some people believe that Leviticus 11 is about foods that you can sacrifice, and we just needed to touch it really quick. We're going out, but we need to show you the things that you can sacrifice to the Most High, because Leviticus 11 isn't it. Leviticus 4 and 1. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do since according to the sin of the people, then let him bring, bring for his sin which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish, unto the Lord for a sin offering. Right, so the Bible <clears throat> in chapters 1 through 7 of Leviticus, it gives you the laws concerning sacrifice. You can't sacrifice any animal, brothers and sisters. You can sacrifice what we're about to go over, which is the bullock, the turtle dove, or the pigeon, the sheep. The, the lamb and the goat. Those are the only things you can sacrifice. You can't sacrifice, uh, you know, fish. You can't sacrifice locusts. You can't sacrifice gazelle. So we needed to put this out there for anybody who thinks that Leviticus 11 is not the, the foods that you should eat. It's, it's what should be sacrificed. Let's go to 28 and 32. Excuse me, verse 28. And then we will jump to verse 32. Leviticus 4 and 28. Or if his sin, which he hath sinned, come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin, which he hath sinned. Right, so it's telling you an ox, it's telling you a goat, it's telling you what, what you can sacrifice. Read verse 32, brother. Verse 32, and if he bring a lamb for a sin offering, he shall bring it a female without blemish. Right, so this is the proof that there's only certain animals... That Israel could sacrifice to the Most High, whether it be a trespassing offering, it be a sin offering, it be a holy day offering. You cannot just sacrifice <laughs> random animals to the Most High. That that's not what we do. Israelites don't do that, brothers and sisters. Go to uh, chapter five. We're going to read verse six and seven because I understand reading Leviticus. <clears throat> Sometimes it gets tedious because it just looks like a bunch of laws. But you would be doing yourself a disservice by chalking up all of Leviticus to sacrificial laws. That, that wouldn't be wise for you or me or anybody because there's so much you can learn from Leviticus. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautifully uh, put together book. It's a great writing. And it gives you moral, gives you dietary, gives you ceremonial. It shows you how to be a righteous person. So if we just look at it as sacrificial, then we take the sting out of it. And there's a sting to it, because why? Once you read these scriptures, you have to now screen yourself through these scriptures. Let's prove to you the things that can be sacrificed to the Most High. We're going to read verse 6 and 7, brother. Leviticus 5 and 6. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin, which he, which he hath sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb, or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering. See, so it's a lamb, a goat. Read it again. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 6. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin, which he hath sinned. A female, the, a female from the flock, a lamb, or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. Right, so depending on your affluency, how much uh, money you had, it was depending on what kind of um, sacrifice you made. And now, uh, the ox was used for the whole congregation. So if they were trying to make a sacrifice for the whole congregation, they would use an ox, as we read in Leviticus 4. But this scripture tells you what? It tells you a female from the flock, the lamb, the kid of the goats. Now continue, brother. Verse 7. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he hath committed, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. So these are the only things, brothers and sisters, that can be sacrificed to the most high. These are the only things, brothers and sisters. We have to we have to get that down because why? 
If you don't understand that, you'll butcher the rest of the Bible. You'll butcher it and lose the importance in it. So those who couldn't afford to bring a sheep or a lamb could bring what? Two turtle doves, two pigeons. So the Most High is equitable, brothers and sisters. He is equitable. So I understand, you know, I want to I give levity to the argument of the people who say, you know what? They've tampered with their animals. They've tampered with the animals. They've cloned them. They've given them steroids. You know, they put them in close confines. And you know what? You're right. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But what? Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 will go there. We understand it. You know, that some of the things have been tampered with. But the Most High did not write the law <laughs> with knowing that things wouldn't be tampered with. So the Most High knew that they were going to tamper with certain things. He didn't write the law and say, yeah, but they're going to tamper with it. So for brothers and sisters who make that argument, we understand it. And it's a plausible argument that, yeah, they've, they've, they've cloned meats. They've shot them with steroids. They've put them in close confines. They're not feeding them the right things. Yeah, you're right. That, that's a possibility. But you don't have to eat the things that <laughs> are tampered with. So the, the Most High didn't write the book for us to then go and say, yeah, but they tampered with everything. So then if they tampered with everything, you might as well eat pork then, huh? See, and that's how they'll use it. If everything's tampered with, then I might as well eat pork. There's no difference between lamb and pork. And that's where it'll lead. Read verse 9, brother. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9. The thing that hath been, <clears throat> it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. Right, so the Most High would not permit you to eat something that in the future would be detrimental to your health. He's all-knowing. So we understand what's going on with the animals out there, but the Most High put these laws there. And I think that that holds up to whatever they're doing, because why? They were doing this before. They're not doing anything new, brothers and sisters. They were, they were spicing animals back then. They were giving them all types of hormones. They was doing this back then, brothers and sisters, and the Most High God still gave us the law. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 9. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. To prove to you that the Most High knew that they would be tampering with the animals. They're tampering with the vegetables, brothers and sisters. They're making fake vegetables too. The Most High knew that. But he's still going to take care of you. He's going to make sure you, who are following his laws, don't get the food that's going to affect you. Sometimes we were getting vaccines and all types of stuff coming up. And when we didn't know, and we were still protected. The Most High is equitable. He wouldn't tell you to eat something and then... What he told you to eat make you sick and you die. That's not equitable. And I could never believe that the Most High would do that. I believe that he knew everything that would be done in the last days, even in regards to the meats. And he still said we can eat those meats. Everything else, I'm not going there. I'm not going there, brothers and sisters. But we need to show you that with getting your dietary law together, you may have to fight with scriptures for people who want you to uh, uphold a law that they think should be upheld. When the only thing you have to do, you can eat fish if you want to, you can eat meat if you want to, you can eat vegetables if you want to. That That's your prerogative. But don't allow anybody to use the Bible to make you think that the Bible is referring you to do one or the other. The Bible don't, don't deal with that. That's your personal choice. That's my personal choice. The Most High just want to give you the guidelines. That's the only thing he want to give you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 and then Titus 3 and we're done. We had a, we had a ton of uh, precepts today, brothers and sisters, but it was important. Why? Because our people, our people are falling to these particular sins. And we want to help liberate you. 
This is the first thing you can change, brothers, brothers and sisters, is your diet. And that's easy. I understand you may not be able to put the holidays down right away or pick up the Sabbath and, and not working. But this you can put down right away. You can make a decision right now. I'm not going to eat pork ever again. And the Most High would bless you for that, brothers and sisters. Read verse 33, brother. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Right, so it's cut and dry, clean and unclean. He's not trying to confuse you. He wouldn't say you can eat it then, but in the last days they're going to do something to it that's going to make you sick. The Most High is not the author of confusion. Read it again, brother. Verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. Right. So if you're confused, that's not of God, brothers and sisters. We need to put it out there. Titus 3 and 10. And we're going to close it out, brothers and sisters. We're going to close it out. Now, for those of us who have learned something for the first time today about what we should and should not eat. This is not a, a license to go tell people that they shouldn't be eating pork. This is really for you. It's not really for you to go correct your mother your father. It's not for that. So I want to put it out there because a lot of times we'll get the truth and then go tell everybody what they're eating is wrong. And that's not what the truth is for, brothers and sisters. I have people in my family that I love that eat pork and they know how I feel about it, but I don't tell them every time I see it because now you're offending them. Read verse 10, brother. Verse Titus 3, verse 10. A man that is an heretic after the first and second ab admonition Reject. Right. So after two or three times, we can't go to somebody, brothers and sisters. They understand that the pork is unclean, but they're going to eat it anyway. And now what you're doing is jeopardizing your friendship. Because why? We need to be able to have friendships and relationships even when the Bible's closed. We need to have a brother that we can call up and say, brother, I'm having a tough time. Or sister, I'm having a tough time. But if you keep beating them over the head with the dietary law or anything else for that matter, you're offending them. Read it again, brother. Verse 10. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Right. So those of us who follow the law and looking to teach somebody, the second and third time, don't go to them again, brothers and sisters, because why? Don't cast your pearls before swine. You're now offending them. They understand what you're saying. They're just not ready to make a change yet. All of us were there. We understood certain things, but we just weren't ready for it, brothers and sisters. So... I wouldn't suggest going to somebody and telling them, trying to correct them on their diet right away. Whether it be you eat meat or you don't. Even if you don't eat meat, you shouldn't beat somebody over the head with that either. Because really, it's going to affect your, uh, your relationship, your friendship, brothers and sisters. Especially if you're dealing with somebody who's weak in the faith. So after two or three times, don't go again. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect your teaching. Brothers and sisters, when they come to the truth... They respect you more because they're like, well, the brother told he, he didn't eat pork years ago, but, you know, he kept seeing me eat it and he didn't judge me. He didn't reject me. See, that's how people are converted because we're not guilt tripping them. I don't you know, we don't want to make people feel like we're holier than thou and we just have to correct them on everything. There's a lot of things that people are doing wrong that is not the time to be corrected. You don't have to correct everybody when about everything, brothers and sisters. That's not why we got the truth. Read it again, brother. Verse 10. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. So, brothers and sisters, this was a lesson on the dietary laws. So you now you have knowledge of the sin. You can be delivered from it, brothers and sisters. 
Either way it goes, whether you're going to continue to do it or you're not, you have the knowledge. And now the grace is covered. Because why? The Most High only gives you grace for the knowledge you don't have. Once you realize and understand that he's saying it's wrong, whatever it may be, even in regards to food, there's no more grace from that, brothers and sisters. You cannot cover yourself in Christ's blood and then trample dirt all through life. I hope that we went to the scriptures that Christians will use, brothers and sisters, to say the law is done away with. You can eat whatever you want. And on the back end, we, we tied in a little piece on, you know, somebody go over what the most I want you to do and want you to do something more, whether it be me or anybody else. Stick to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We want to say, Kwam Yashar Allah. Kwam Yashar Allah. Sin no more.